0: To our Think Kingdom podcast, it's another week in our series "Live Ready, Remaining Faithful in Difficult Times." Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us with our lead pastor Antoine Lassiter. This message series, "Living Ready, Remaining Faithful in Difficult Times," what you to think about that for a moment? It's easy to remain faithful in non-difficult times, okay, right? So what's commitment? Commitment is keeping your word when uh, there's a options not to, right? So we've we're, we're, we're been, I think this is week eight, seven. This is week seven, and for seven weeks, we've been talking about live ready. How many have found it difficult to live ready over the last seven weeks, be honest, real talk. Let me see your hands. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to not do what your nature wants you to do. So when we talk about living ready, it's not having a reactive response. Because let's just face it, you can't respond. The problem is, is your response bringing glory to God? right? Isn't that what it is? That, that, that you could tag that person on that Facebook status and really let them have it. But what we choose is to sort of be oblique, ambiguous. And so when we're talking about living ready, and then the first week we talked about uh, live with hope. How many of you, of us, struggled with hope in the last seven weeks? It feels like it's not going to get better. Let's just be honest. All right? Few of us. Few of us are being honest. Like, hey, and and coupled with hope is how many of us have been living holy? Mm. Uh, Many of us uh, don't mind living as strangers because, let's be honest, we don't know our neighbors anyway. The issue is living as ambassadors for God towards those neighbors, right? Y'all going y'all gonna to make me work? Okay, I work. Um, live as servants. How many of us has, have, have been living as servants, serving others for no benefit to yourself? Yes, fear of us. Uh, how many uh, have, 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 you know, we lived as family, living as family. That's cool, but there are some family members that I don't want to talk to it. But have we, uh, over the last seven weeks, living as family, um, I was convicted last week uh, because not only God is calling us to live holy, uh, uh, Pastor Ramon talked about living righteously. Man, I tell you. Pastor, you're asking for too much. And then um, I'm, I'm about to go through chapter four, and chapter four uh, opens up with, therefore, since Christ suffered. And so, I want to tell a brief story about a family that took a trip to the uh, happiest place in the world on the boat, the D- a Disney cruise. And mom and dad, they... Um, they saved up because it was a very expensive cruise. They had, uh, I think, three or four children, and it took them a while to save up, and that was their, all, their, that was their biggest wish, that we're going to save up and we're going to go to uh, a Disney cruise. They saved all their money, and it took them several years. Um, they, had, uh, no, they had two children ages nine and ten, and uh, the parents always used every opportunity to teach the kids value and stuff like that and responsibility, and um, uh, one, I think on day two, the youngest wanted ice cream at like 11 at night. So because you're, you know, on a vacation, you're on a cruise, the dad was like, you know what, let's go get some ice cream. So, I mean, 11 at night, they go to the ice cream bar and the kids are killing it. They, I mean, they're getting as much ice cream as they want. And out of their exuberance, both kids um, yelled, I love it here. There's nothing like free ice cream. And mom pulled both kids aside and says, there's a difference between free and included. And the mom looked at the kids and said, it may not cost you anything, but that doesn't mean it's free. So I think this illustrates why in chapter four, Peter starts off, therefore, since Christ suffered. So it was a hard week, many weeks for us. But I used to be under the. Uh, I used to say things like this, uh, Josh. I used to say, you know, salvation is free. No, it isn't. Amen. Let's not cheapen the cost of a thing because if we are not careful, and so I, I look at my. Uh, I, every time I preach, uh, I painstakingly look at my YouTube clips of me preaching. And I say a lot, if we're not careful this just a, yeah, um, that's just me uh, Christ suffered. So whatever he's asking us to do, he paid the ultimate cost, right? And so we have, we, we have to be careful. Um, <laughs> he suffered and didn't deserve it. And Peter is reminding us that just because we didn't pay as much as Jesus did, it does cost us to follow him. So we have to divorce ourselves from the mentality that this walk is easy. We have to divorce ourselves from the mindset that uh, I I thought was going to be better than this. We, because what we are producing as a result are Christians with no backbone. Because what we're doing is we're painting this picture that everything's supposed to be well. But I keep thumbing the pages of Scripture and see a bunch of messed up folks yeah. making messed up decisions, doing messed up things. And in one scripture, uh, it's like dogs returning to their vomit. It's something that makes the dog sick. He, uh, he throws it up. I love dogs, but this is disgusting. Then he goes and eat it up. <laughs> Foolish, right? But how many cycles in our lives uh-huh. that the thing we're doing makes us sick? I mean, it makes us sick. I, now, I, see, I hate preaching in front of my sons because they have a picture of their dad. But there was a time before I met your mama. Um, and so let me get back to Scripture. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh. We got to talk, guys. I got I to I talk to you guys. Uh, therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves. Also with the same understanding, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin in order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. For there, was already, for there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles, what the world is doing. Um, what the Gentiles choose to do, they're carrying on in unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, um, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living, and we're surprised when you do. Um, I'm sorry, that was uh, Antoine's version. Um, They are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living, and they slander you. They will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks... Let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength of God. um, Let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of God and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer or meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. Woo! For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, man, I feel the Holy Spirit just reading God's word. If it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Now, I can get to know you by knowing who and what you follow. If I took your social media accounts and looked at who you follow, I can determine pretty much or at least come up with the profile about who you are. Your playlist says a lot. Your Netflix account says a lot. I know, I'm making a lot of assumptions, and we know where assumptions can lead us. But if, a, if I go to a big box store, and you are wearing a vest with a name tag, I can assume you work there. And with that assumption comes an expectation. Just like wearing a wedding ring uh, assumes I'm married, you know, there's an expectation that comes with that assumption. So, what Peter is doing uh, in these uh, first six verses, he is making a distinction between Christians and the world. So, he talks about unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, uh, orgies, unrestrained, which are which is unrestrained sex, is carousing, which is partying. Lawless idolatry. I looked at a couple of people and they were like this. <laughs> Keep preaching, pastor. Uh, we, he's saying, us Christians, we should, have, we should have graduated from these things. And what we know is that everyone will give an account for how they lived and their rejection of the gospel. So verse number four is um, not everyone will assume your conversion is real. And some are going to be surprised when you reject that behavior. I think it's important to remember that Peter is writing to scattered Christians. And it's absolutely relevant for today. But here's something I want to point out. On verse number six, Christ suffered and because we follow him, he is our example. So since Christ suffered, he says, arm yourselves. Prepare. You got to understand that Peter seems to be fascinated with suffering. It's a reoccurring theme throughout 1 Peter. Remember the context. Nero, the emperor, is persecuting uh, the Christians, and the persecution is on the rise. And so what makes, what makes Christians stand out is not only what they proclaim, Jesus is king, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is son of God, but how they behave. Their behavior isolates them, and although they seek to live in peace, it also calls confrontation. So so he says, above all things, keep loving one another. What is he implying? He's implying that suffering could make us turn on one another. Yeah. So he's saying, Love covers a multitude of sins. To cover sins is to forgive. There isn't a greater love than the love of Jesus. And so we live with forgiveness at the forefront of everything. We constantly forgive one another. Y'all quiet. I ain't forgiving nothing. Chaos, Chaos and catastrophe makes us collide with one another. So he said it's hard to maintain unity in peacetime. But when suffering comes, you know how hard it is? The men, uh, we're bring a little closer home. When you and your wife, is, uh, when, we, when we cool, everything seems to be popping. Let chaos happen. We turn on each other like rabbit dogs. <laughs> People laughing because they're like, it's true. It's true. Definitely true. So he says, verse number seven, the end of things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober minded for prayer. So I want to take today's message uh, from verse number seven, live ready and live sober. Being sober minded means that we do not allow ourselves to be captivated by any type of influence that will lead us away from sound judgment. That's why they said angry um, in June, man, God's been dealing with my heart. So in June, we've been talking about a bunch of emotions and stuff like that, Uh, um, but, but, but one of the things that I've been reading and researching and preparing for the June series, is about anger. Anger it's a heck of a drug, man. And, and so what, 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 what Peter is saying through verse number six, and this is my first point. I, I, I'm, I'm begging you to take notes and, and, and to write things down and then go back to search. Um, use the power of the Holy Spirit and then go back and search these things to see if what I am saying is true. But this is for our mutual benefit. The first point I want to make is we are to live under the influence of Jesus. We must be sober minded. To live sober means to recognize the sovereignty of God. So no matter what happens to me, what happens to us, I can live sober because I'm living under the influence of Jesus. I'm living under the influence of God and God is sovereign. So if he allowed it, it could be used for my benefit. So I trust God in spite of. Suffering does not determine if God is good. Whole church, say amen. Amen. If you don't, don't believe it now, believe it later. But suffering does not determine if God is good. Tim Keller says, trust is accepting what God sends into your life, whether you understand it or not. Man, have you ever been... In a place that you didn't understand what was happening and you begin to question God, trust is not understanding, but still understanding the faithfulness of God. So we live with these truths that he is good if I have everything I want or if I don't. He is good if I have to live with the sickness or live healthy all the days of my life. He is good if my marriage makes it or if it falls apart because ultimately God is sovereign. I remain doing what what is good because God is faithful and suffering has a way of exposing what's truly in you. Whatever in you comes out when you suffer. Whatever's in you comes out when that big toe hit the corner of that desk. Like, I don't know if you shy, na nah, or something else, but truth, whatever's in you, comes out. And so without living under the influence of Jesus, we are prone, hear me, we are prone to live impaired lives. And so 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 It says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. You you and I are not the only one going through what we're going through. I'm going to say it for the camera. You and I are not the only one that's going through what we are going through. And one In the darkest moments of your life, you believe, I believe, I'm the only one going through it. Nobody understands the trouble I've seen. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Y'all hear me. It just happened. No, there were warning signs just like this. And you just kept driving. We are either living under the influence of the spirit of God or in the world. And so living under the influence of Jesus prevents impaired living because impaired living stunts our growth and maturity. And it infects and affects our ability to see others as God sees. And distorts our ability to see ourselves how God sees us. We either see our spouses or children as assets or liabilities. And living under influence means it affects our behavior and how we think. But this is what impaired living does. It causes us to reject our own hearts, deny our wounds while distrusting God. And we become experts in practicing hopelessness and seeking counterfeit fulfillment. Impaired living gives us uh, access to poison that leads us to bitterness. Again, it's hard to love one another when we... Live an impaired life. An impaired living is the tension of wanting to be seen, but fearing being exposed. So we can't get close because if we get close to you, we're going to see the facade fall apart. And so I live in a prison of my own thoughts. That we speak about our humanity and how everyone is broken. But as soon as we get specific, then we draw back. And so impaired living is what I fear that, <laughs> if we're not careful, the church will become experts in it. I could be struggling on the side, and I'm okay with the struggle as long as you don't know. And so I'm learning, man, I, I, I want to do a, I, I don't have... I just got godly wisdom, and I mean this as humble as I know how. I don't want to do a a pastor's conference or a leadership conference based on strategies to grow a church. What I'm seeing in this season of pastoring, my job is to help push hell out of people instead of trying to keep hell away from people. It's the hell in me that's causing all my problems. It's not the hell outside of me. And so the hell in us is a greater threat than the hell around us. And so what Peter is literally saying, that if we don't deal with the foundation of our identity, then we will seek after people that confirm and affirm our identity. What does a six-year-old know about their... All right. But you can't see this unless you are living under the influence of Jesus. And I used to, in my immaturity, I used to think John 10.10 was about creating an opportunity for more stuff. He comes so you may have life and have it more abundantly. Bigger houses, bigger cars, bigger bank accounts. And then when you get those things, it means nothing. So we got the 20s, to the 35-year-olds searching for more stuff. And if they're, unfortunately, if they get all the stuff, they see an emptiness with the stuff. Then they spend the 35 through the 45 trying to figure out who they are. Oh, man. And so I want you all to shout this with me. Hell lost another one because I'm free. It's the hell in me, right? It's the hell in me that's the war. And so so when I look at the the driving under the influence, the living under the influence of Jesus, the windshield is my future. But some of us are are driving cars looking through the rearview mirror. And then what's so interesting about that concept is that those are the voices that we listen to. Now, we got this huge windshield that directs us and keeps us forward, driving towards Jesus. You are a hypocrite. I agree because I'm a recovering one, too. We're all X somethings. And so we have people that are, again, are surprised, the world. Verse number four, that they are surprised that we don't indulge in all those other things. Second point, in order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires but for God's will. I don't have time to go through, but uh, verse, mm, verse two through 11, they are surprised when you don't join them when you don't join them in the unrestrained behavior. You mean to tell me when you go to the party, Christian, that you still turn up like the world does? There's no distinction between? Huh. We should be surprising to the world. So the second point I want to make, we live responsibly as representatives of Christ. Responsible, comprised of two words, able to respond. Maturity is realizing that ultimately I am responsible for my behavior in spite of the other person's behavior towards me. I remember when I was a kid, and you may not know this about our dear sister Tiffany, but I've been knowing her all my life. <laughs> and, I, and when we, we, we would argue <clears throat> as kids, and currently, but we would argue and uh, I would, I would, I would do something. I would say, and my mom or dad would be like, "Why'd you do?" And I said, like, "Cause she made me mad." As if what I did, what she did, determined my response. I was a kid, so you know what? Your job, everybody else comes late. You know what you declared in your head? I'm gonna come late too. Cause if they can get away with it, I live responsibly. As representatives. So I was tested this week. God helped me. He did. I'm hanging around these young cats. And now my wife asks me affectionately with a little tone, how many more shoes you going to get? Because they got me on this shoe kick, man. And so I went for these these dunks, and I, I, I wanted, and they I, I, they they sent it. They they they, they sent you this. I got them, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sending to everybody. I got them. Everybody's like, you got those? I got those. And uh, then we had the the gas thing a week or so ago, and I'm looking at the shipping date that it said it's going to be here on the 14th. I said, cool. I'm already in my head trying to put my outfit together. Um, <laughs> Y'all pray for me, pray. under the influence of Jesus. Um, pray for me. So, so here's what's crazy. I'm looking at it, and I'm realizing, like, yo, it's going to be the 14th. I'll be out of town Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so I'm so, I'm te- so I'm making sure that, you know, Chris is still um, remote learning. So I'm like, yo, I got everything together. As soon as it lands on my front door, he can open that door. Daddy, I got him. But then the, the shipping date disappeared. I was like, what the world is going on here? I want my shoes. So that was a Wednesday. Then by Saturday, and I'm paying them my money. So I called him, like, Yo, where are my shoes? He's like, Sir, we lost them. <laughs> what do you mean you lost them? Were they lost or stolen? <laughs> so I'm going through the other face, and he's like, Well, there's nothing we can do. We can refund your money. Yeah, let me get my money back. So I already told Ty, I'm like, "Yo, oh, get these shoes. We we'll better sell them for you know more than what they're worth. That's vacation money. We good. I got this." Then got my refund. Is said it's gonna take some few days to get your refund to process this thing. I said, like, right, "I bet." So you know, lost, lost lesson. Then about Monday, I'm on that same app. And the shoes says it's going to be here on Wednesday. Okay, Lord, I see you. What the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Come on, somebody. That's why I was talking to myself. So then the shoes arrive. Look, I apologize. Chris trying to learn, educate. He's trying to learn and do his math and reading and English. And I'm texting him, hey, they're on the doorstep. I need you to stop what you're doing and grab them. Stop what you're doing and grab them. He grabs the shoes. I was like, yo, they came. Jesus is good. But then I realized, wait a minute. They already refunded me the money. The wealth of the wicked is... I got these shoes for free, 100% profit. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, man, I got these shoes for free. Holy Spirit's like, No, you didn't. The wicked borrower don't pay. So I I very reluctantly called the store. So hey, here's the order number. Oh, yeah, we apologize for it. Wait, 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 wait. I said, I owe y'all some money. Ladies, lady was like, excuse me? I explained to her, just how I explained to you. And I realized, and she said, wow, who does this? I said, I said ma'am, don't stop. I'm, <laughs> I'm already like this. I'm looking for any. But here's the thing. To live responsibly is also to live responsibly when no one's watching. It's amazing to us, should be amazing to us, how we live responsibly in public and not private. It's the people that know you. And that's why they are surprised that you ain't carousing. You ain't being lawless. You're not participating in what the world sees because they see no distinction between the two. So our responsibility is seven things based on uh, uh, 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4 gives us seven, which is our responsibility. Number one, be alert and sober-minded. Number two... Yeah, you can see it. Uh, Number two, maintain constant love. Mm. Be hospitable, hospitable, hospital, be hospitable. I can't say it. Be hospitable. I need help. Okay, so you know what it is. (laughs) Serve others. When people walk. Let's go back to number three. When people walk through that door, they should feel the love of God. I mean, we're a church size that we should be able to speak to everyone that comes to this door, not out of obligation. But we show the love of God with every person, no matter their status. We show the love of God. What's that word again? Hospitable, right? Everyone serve others. Speak God's words. (laughs) I got time to talk about that. You smart. We smart. But we got to speak God's words. Don't be surprised when you're ridiculed because you have convictions. You do have convictions, right? Don't be surprised. And the seventh thing is verse number 13. Rejoice. So the phrase, be sober, means be sober-minded to keep your mind steady and clear. So Peter is saying that there should be an expectation of suffering and an attitude towards it. And the attitude towards it keeps my mind steady, and my mind must be stayed on Jesus. I'm going to finish up. You just got a text from the church. Um, I'm going to finish up shortly. But here's the paradox. You know what the paradox is? That sometimes that we have responsibility without authority. In other words, we live with people that you can't make change. After a certain age, our children will make the decisions that they make. Nothing you can do. That's why when they're young, we train them up the way they should go. Understanding that they will make their own choices. So I understand that he's given us authority over serpents and snakes. I get it. But our work is about responsibility without the authority. Therefore, it's easy to get discouraged when um, I'm the one that's being more loving than I feel like my spouse is. Or I'm the one that's getting there early and leaving late when it comes to my job. And so in this sense, we have to come to the conclusion that only God can produce the results that's needed and not necessarily what we want. Which leads me to my last point. If, uh, verse number 14, if you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of God and God rest on you. And verse number 19, so then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. The last point is to live supernaturally. Uh, We must depend on the faithful creator, God the Father. To live ready ultimately comes down to live recognizing the spiritual work that only God can do. We want people to grow in the faith. We want people to learn and obey Jesus. But we can't change if they do. We can't make that happen. Sometimes God doesn't do it like we want him to or with whom we want, when we want it, and how we want it. So we have the responsibility without authority because we are dependent on God. It's supernatural. Only God's power can deliver the change that's needed. See, our church, our community of believers, our goal is to grow in godliness in every area of our lives. And that starts within me, within us. It doesn't start where the opposition is. It doesn't start with the employer. It doesn't start with my spouse. It starts with me. And God is the only one that can produce the miracle of conversion. Not you or me. It's the work of the Spirit of God. And we cannot change the heart of our spouse or our children. We can't make people love God or grow up. It's God's supernatural power. We can't pray obedience on someone. And we can't bring the dead to life. When Scripture says that we were once dead in our trespasses, that is telling us a lot. We had no interest in God. We did not love God. And that's why conversion is a miracle. And whether you went to church every day when you were growing up or you didn't, it's God's supernatural power that drew us, not the will of the people around us. I thank God for praying grandmothers or spirit-led teachers or Billy Graham crusades. If you're under 35, I explain to you who that is. But according to John 6:44. No one comes to Jesus unless the Father draws. And no one can get to the Father without going through Jesus. Because Jesus says in in, in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. So on this Pentecost Sunday, all Peter and the Gospels are trying to share with us that all of what we've been preaching and teaching and and living is the work of the Spirit. And the Spirit causes us to outlast the suffering, the challenges, the sickness, the disease, if it's all supernatural. If it's all supernatural, we have two primary weapons and that's prayer in God's word and our prayer life is measured on how deeply we understand this are we praying without ceasing are we praying about everything we are so busy wanting people around us to change that we're going against their will and pushing our will against theirs when it's the will of the father that we should be seeking Think about the nature of life. To live supernaturally is a life that can only be lived by the power of God. Can only be lived by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Romans 7 uh, speaks to us about how life is a struggle. It's not easy. And just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're not living a supernatural life. We're going to struggle with the flesh. We're going to have difficulty. We're going to yearn like Paul did. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? But Romans 8 speaks plainly, very clearly of a supernatural life, a life not lived by the power of the flesh, a life that has only lived, that's only lived by the power of the indwelling spirit, a life in which we are more than conquerors, no matter what the devil throws our way. Supernatural simply means it's beyond our nature. It isn't in our nature to forgive. It isn't in our nature to seek godly peace. Living supernaturally is living in and for and by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit Can only produce the fruit that doesn't naturally grow in us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control there is no law against these things the Holy Spirit didn't just come to give us goosebumps didn't come to just for us to speak in tongues or to bring fire from heaven but for us to be able to bear witness to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you will receive power The Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. To live supernaturally is to live beyond the struggle, to live beyond the strife, to live beyond the suffering while at the same time pointing people back to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that's stirring up the pool. Not just for miracles, but while we were dead in our own trespasses. I don't know where you were. I don't know when the background noise of God's love was calling you became the forefront of your thoughts. And if you like many of us, we took that long hour, that walk. And Some of us came to the altar crying. Some of us, something was staring in us. And we asked who we thought was an elder or a pastor or someone that was more mature in the faith than us. And we had a hunger to know more about this Jesus. Don't take for granted that you're here and you're worshiping. And and let me just say this categorically, not knowing the darkness of your heart, ma'am, sir, you've come a long way. It's the Holy Spirit that Peter is reminding in 1 Peter chapter four, as Christ suffered. Remember we talked about how we live holy because we have the assurance of salvation, how? By the Spirit of God if you're here today I want you to leave with one thought that it's the Holy Spirit that's convicting you it's the Holy Spirit that's reminding you of who you are in Christ don't take the Holy Spirit for granted how many of us can say man I know I wasn't supposed to do that That small voice was the Spirit of God, come on daughter, don't do that. Many of us ignore that voice, but I love God because even in ignoring that voice and seemingly walking away, you've never been too far. Thank God for Jesus. On this Pentecost Sunday when the Holy, when the church was birthed, when the Holy Spirit fell, it's just a reminder that our body is the temple, is the dwelling place of God's Spirit. Because we know who He is. Pastor Antoine with another message on how to remain faithful in difficult times. We must live under the influence of Jesus to live sober during hardships that come against us. If you or someone you know is blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word give to 704-741-3705. We want to thank you to all of our new friends now, family of Think Kingdom. And if you haven't, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back Hear this message and so much more right here exclusively on our Think Kingdom podcast.